Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we are talking about reality TV. We are going to be talking about Selling Sunset, The Golden Bachelor, and Bachelor in Paradise. Jen Trepic is back. She is the host of Salad with a Side of Fries podcast, which talks about wellness and weight loss for real life. Hi, Jen. So glad to have you back. Hi, Diana. I've missed you so much, and I cannot wait to talk about these shows. I'm I feel, I'm like silly excited about it. <laughs> I am too. I have no one to talk about these shows with, so I was so glad because I know you watch reality TV. I know you watch yep. a lot of TV. It's almost embarrassing, but I love it so much. So, you know, here we are. It's going to be fun. But I wanted to start off with a question of the day about reality TV. So I would like to know, would you ever do a reality TV show? Which one and why? Okay, so I have thought about this many times because living in New York City, as a single woman, I have debated about applying for a couple. There was one where it was um kind of similar to one of the movies where They took a woman in New York and a woman somewhere else, and like they traded lives and apartments. Yeah. Was going to be a reality show. So I don't know. Maybe it ended up happening and just hasn't gotten picked up yet. I don't know. So there was that one where I debated about applying and then didn't. Ooh. (laughs) Was Um, it a week or a longer time? No, it was a long, it was like six months or something. (gasps) Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Yeah. No, it was a long time. And then I actually keep getting things on Instagram looking for entrepreneurs for a reality TV show. Mm. And I've sort of been tempted, but I have never done it. I've never completed the applications, which makes me think maybe I wouldn't really do it. I don't know, but I think about it a lot. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm like, <laughs> would oh, you? Be- what about, wait, would you do it? I, well, a long time ago, because you know, Survivor has been there for a long time. And twice I have put out videos to be on Survivor. So that's the type of that reality would be show. Amazing. Yeah, that's the type that I would have done. Now I'm like, I can watch you from the from my couch. Totally. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but I had tried it. You know, that never panned out and it's okay. But when I see the shows that we're going to talk about here, now I don't think so. I don't oh, I would I never be it. on any of these shows. Yeah, they're rough. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Can't imagine. But uh, it's fun. It's fun to think about. And I would love to know if you ever do it. So uh, I'll keep you posted if I ever yes, actually please, apply. Because right. I'll be rooting for you. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh, that would be so much fun. Friends out there, let us know what you think. Would you ever audition or be on a reality TV show? And if so, which one and why? I would love to know. And you can reach us on our social media at X or Instagram at Screens and Focus. All of our social media links are on our website at screensandfocus.com and also in our show notes because we would love to hear from you and know if you would do it because we would root for you. All right. So we're going to cover three different reality TV shows and I'm going to put the timestamps in our show notes in case you haven't watched all of them and we don't spoil anything for you because we're going to spoiler alert talk about everything. Yes. Full we're gonna, seasons here. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're going to talk about it all here. So 
We're going to start off with Selling Sunset. And in the latest saga, we cranked up the drama dial in LA real estate. Jason juggled a new flame, old feelings, and new agents. Picture this, a lavish office makeover, a Cabo bonding trip gone awry, pure reality goldmine, office clashes, unexpected twists, friendships tested, and real-life heartbreak. Season 7 was a wild ride, topped off with a reunion and lie detectors, and we're just going to get into this binge-worthy, drama, addictive reality show. So tell me, Jen, what did you think of this season? So it's interesting. I almost feel like Selling Sunset can do no wrong by me. Like, even when there's things that annoy me about it or whatever, I still love it. I still watch it. I still can't wait for the next season, you know? So, and it's funny, like, I don't want to skip right to the reunion, but (laughs) I messaged a couple people and I was like, who is the guy hosting this reunion and why? And then I looked it up. I was like, is it the same person as past years? And it is. And he's from Shaws of Sunset or something, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, he's is from he? something. He's from the um uh the guys that do the makeover. That's what oh, I know you're right. him from. You're totally right. He's from Queer Eye. A hundred percent. You're totally yeah, yeah. right. He's from Queer Eye. But it was almost like it it felt like the elephant in the room that I was supposed to know who he was. Ah, okay. And it sort of distracted me during the reunion. I mean, ah. but it doesn't even matter. Um, I felt a little bit like they were stretching for things to talk about at the reunion. Like, why did you need the cast of Jason's other show? And why did you need this lie detector nonsense? But I was totally entertained by it. So once I got on board, I was like, all right, I'm in. Tell me, you know. Uh, and I can't even remember his name. I know his name, but I can't remember the host. But I like him on Queer Eye, but this to me was not where he needed to be. He was almost too polite at times, if that's even the case. I don't know. I'm waiting for someone like, you know, Andy Cohen, who's on The Real Housewives. I know. I wanted it to be Andy Cohen. Like, I just felt like, I don't know. There were a couple points where I wanted him to have more of an opinion as a fan. Yeah, exactly. And just a little more... uh I don't know. A little more passion in there somewhere. I don't know. I I yeah. I mean he he's uh, he's a fine okay host, but yeah, he didn't take the conversations where I wanted them to go. Right. So, like I wanted him to maybe push back more than he did on some of it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> so instead of talking about the reunion, maybe you know. <laughs> I know. Let's start at the Sorry. beginning. It's okay. Um that's what popped out or right, what totally. came to mind so, for you. I love Chriselle. But I felt like there was too much Chriselle in this season. It's like, why was she what this show is all about instead of all of them? Okay. What did you think? You know, it's funny. I actually like Chriselle and I kept saying to myself, why do I like her so much? So I was happy that it was a lot about her because different people have different issues with her. Yeah. And, I, you know, she went off the show. Ooh, I wouldn't like it as as much. And maybe I would, but she, I do like that it is about her and all these other people. I mean, I like it and it's entertaining, but there was nothing about Emma this season, except that she was yeah. friends with Chriselle. Yes. And it's like, well, why is that? Because Emma's dating life is entertaining. 
They right. could have brought in a whole other element with some of this and didn't. It's funny because I wanted to know what happened at the one guy she was selling a house to that looked like there was yes. a potential relationship. I wanted to know what was going to happen with that. Totally. And he I, was that developer and there was like this yeah. thing between them, 100%. Yeah. I was thinking and, about that too. And I do like Emma, so I, I would have liked to have seen her more. So yes, I agree with you there. I think that they could have used her a lot more. Now, Heather, of course, is off having a baby, so she right. wasn't really in it so much. So I understand. Which is fine. That. I mean, that makes sense. And I did notice that Mary was less in it. Yeah. And that was, to me, a big shift that I saw. Big with shift. all of them. Well, part of it, I, you know, I wonder how much of that has to do with producers and how much of that is a function of like, you know, at the end. Was at the end of last season, Mary was no longer managing all the other agents. Right. Yes. And so I wasn't sure what was creating, or is it, you know, Mary's shifting storyline to frankly be much more personal than her work? Yeah. One of the things, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that her pregnancy and that route that she's taking. Uh, maybe she just wanted to stay away from the drama. She didn't want that yeah. storyline because she didn't want to. She wanted to be healthy, her mind and totally. her body. I don't so blame her. I yeah, I don't blame her either. So I I would imagine that that's why maybe she said I you know I I want to be on this show. I'm still going to be an agent here, but you know I'm okay yeah. to play over here and be a little yeah. low key, which is what I felt was happening. Yeah, the new office. That they are yeah, the new office. The Ugh. new office was a big part of the storyline because yeah. they were moving. But what is well fun for me is I went to Los Angeles and I was driving through Beverly Hills. We were going to a restaurant, me and my family, and I saw the office. Uh, I think yeah, I saw office. your picture in front of the office. Yes, I didn't realize they were moving because I hadn't seen the show yet, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't know that they had moved. So I said, when we come back, because we were going to a really late dinner at a fancy Beverly Hills uh, Italian restaurant that I really wanted to go to. Actually, it was Funke. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's F-U-N-K-E. Great, great food. But it was a super late reservation because it was the only one we could get. Anyway, so we go there. We drive by. I see it. And I said, when we're coming home, I'm, we're stopping and you guys are going to take a picture of me. So we did. So we came back and I jumped out and told my son, take a picture of me. So he did, took a few pictures. But I looked at the office and I thought, this office is not the office that I see on TV. And my son's you saw all, the wow. new one. Yes, but I didn't realize that at, yeah. the, at the time. And I thought, well, maybe it's the angles. Maybe I'm seeing something else. I didn't know. And I thought, well, maybe this is the office and they film from a different part of it. And so what my son did say, wow, this is a really nice office because it's all glass. You can see totally right inside. In, yeah. So anyway, I took the picture and I, uh, I, I got home and a friend of mine who also watches the show says, oh, you saw the new office that they moved into. I'm like, oh, they moved. And so, of course, now that... I knew all that and watching this season, I was very interested in the move, but it's like right next door. So wherever right. they were before the same was strip. Yeah. 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 But that was crazy. All the money that he spent and showing the relationship with his brother on how they handle things and 
Well, so it's interesting. Did you watch the um, real estate reality show with What's-His-Face, whose wife is on Real Housewives? Kyle uh, and Maurizio? Yeah. Mo? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I can't remember the name of that. So I watched that one too. Also very entertaining. I enjoyed it a lot. But I think, I wonder how much of this office thing was based on what their office looked like on that show. Oh. And like, and I've worked in hedge funds in a lot of offices where there are a lot of those over the top, you know, activities and things around. It's interesting to me because a real estate office, right? Like, Theoretically, they're not in the office that much. Yeah. They're doing other things. Right. They're out and about. So it's interesting to me, like, there isn't necessarily a business case for that office. Right. In the same way as I think there sometimes is in other industries. And so I wonder how much of that was, you know, the brothers trying to, like, look, demonstrate. Right. Exactly. Prove to everybody their success and progress and, you know, all of those things. I did love hearing so much about in this season, like the origins of the office, you know, like of their brokerage and all those things. I thought that was great. And hearing, you know, when Amanza started with them and Mary and, um, you know, all of them, like I liked hearing all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And it didn't bother me. Did it bother you with like the dynamic between the brothers? No, I found it interesting because I always wondered. And then, okay, I'm, I, we keep going to the reunion <laughs> because that's where we found some information out. But I guess they like fight just like any brothers would. And they get into physical uh, fights with each other. But then they're like over it because they're like, we're brothers. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are – how old are they in their 40s? How old are they in their 40s? I think they're in their 50s. 50, or I, yeah, almost sure. late 40s, maybe? Yeah, I think maybe late 40s. I'm not sure, yeah. but it's so funny that they get into these fights with each other. Physically. I think late 40s, you're right. But but also, like, I appreciated that they were like, look, we fight, we're brothers, this is... I, yeah. Like, I appreciate that they didn't hide that. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. I love it because they're real. And that happens. That that was why I thought it was great that they brought that in because now we learn a little bit more about them and also about the money. How I, Brett is it Brett? Gosh, so I don't know his name as well as um, yeah. Jason. So that he just has a different approach or a different thought on how where to spend money and how to spend it. And right. Um, so that Which, was interesting. I, I mean, I feel like that's totally natural, though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they are brothers and they do work together. So you always wonder what that dynamic is like yeah. because a lot of people work together with, you know, their family or husband and wife or friends or whatever it might be. So, yeah. Okay. So let's dig into the relationships with okay. these agents. Which storylines, which agents? I don't know. What do you have to say about any of that? The funniest thing to me was it Bree who was talking about hooking up with. Michael B. Jordan. Yes. I have literally talked about that story with friends. Been like, wait, <laughs> you know, like when we saw something about like Michael B. Jordan. And I have friends who are friends with him who live in LA. So I was like, wow, did you guys yeah. see this? But I, she entertains me. I think the whole dynamic, I think it's interesting that she's now sort of, you know, in good standing with people and Amanda's not. Like, I'm a little lost in terms of like, what happened between the episodes and the reunion 
with Amanza and everybody else? You think everybody? I, I'm trying to recall now. Like, guess I, like Chrishell and Emma, basically. Oh, okay. Right, like Chrishell was saying, like, Chrishell was not happy with Amanza in the reunion, but I felt like there were things that we didn't know about. Right. I agree. Yeah. Like, I was sort of Because things there. have transpired. Yeah. And it would only be if the host helped bring us up to speed a little bit, you know? Exactly. Or I guess we follow them on social media to find out what's happening with them. Right. But let's talk about Brie first. So okay. what what do you think about Brie? She's grown on me. And I also think in last season, when people sort of had beef with her, it was, I actually, they with all of them, their issues are because they actually don't have conversations. They never ask each other a question. They all just come at each other with yeah. their assumptions and judgments. Yeah. If anybody ever said to Brie, like, hey, how is it for you with this dynamic and the other, you know, baby moms, you know, (laughs) like, or, you know, like, here's where I'm coming from. How do you handle this? Like when I was like, what was it last? And I'm sorry, I'm going back to last season, but like, I can't remember who it was, had such an issue with her about um, Chelsea. Right? Was it Chelsea who like had the issue with Brianna? Yeah. About yeah. like, you know, I couldn't do that with my kid. And here's, you know, I don't know if she was adopted or whatever it was, or her dad wasn't around or something where she was like putting all of her stuff on Brie. Yeah. I'm sure it was probably Chelsea. I don't recall last year, yeah. but I, it was the beginning last year when Chelsea had said, she doesn't believe in all of that. And so she kind of put like, you know, how does she live this lifestyle? I don't like it. And and of course, that's where all the beef has started between them. And I feel like everyone else has accepted Brie ex- yes. for Chelsea. So Chelsea feels like the person who is outside of the circle when it comes to Brie. And that's why she made uh, friends with that other agent that yeah. we saw toward the tail end there and really gravitated to her, tried to pull her in because she's all, oh, you see what I see. And I need right. more of that because she, but I'm thinking, Chelsea, why are you so against Bree's lifestyle if she's okay with it? I mean, she's okay with it. She has to live with it. Her child has to live with it. Why does it matter to you so much? Well, so, and I think this is, right, like, if I remember correctly, somebody listening, if you remember better, let us know. But if I remember correctly, Chelsea's problem was because she had an absent parent or what she perceives as, like, you know, one of the parents being absent in this dynamic or whatever it was. And then they did have a conversation about it. And they did have a conversation where Brie basically did not accept her apology. Or she, like, accepted the apology, but, like, said, I I don't know if we can be friends. Yeah, I think that was toward the end of this season. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I'm sort of like, okay, yo. Like, when somebody comes to fall on their sword and, like, move forward, what are you holding on to? Like, where does that get you? And, by the way, that that also brings up the Chriselle Nicole thing. Nicole is her name, right? Like, where Chriselle, like, I, it annoyed me that nobody at the reunion called her out. Because Jason in the moment called her out and kind of said, well, what are you going to say? Because Chriselle just apologized. Right. 
that's the part I think that annoys me in all of these dynamics too, is that like the ones who really are being so unreasonable, where's everybody else to point out to that person that they're being completely unreasonable? Yeah. So I think though that Chelsea was apologizing because she had nowhere else to go. I almost don't know yes. that I think it was genuine. And I think that's I agree why with Brie, that. that's why I think Bree said, look, I hear you, you know, we can move on. But it's funny because I have different feelings on Bree because a lot of times I do like her because she just says it like it is. Totally. Like she doesn't, she just doesn't go with the flow and uh, then later talk behind your back. No, she's going to tell you to your face how she feels about you. And I, th- there's a little bit that I really kind of admire about that because it's better yes. than just saying, okay, all right. And then going and talking behind the person back. I don't like that. So there is a lot that I do like about Brie and how she talks about her life. Like, I don't think it's the, you know, it's, it's not going to be to her advantage or her child's advantage that Nick Cannon has fathered a lot of children. I mean, that's a lot of kids to take care of. And so they aren't going to have a lot of really um, quality alone time with their dad because he has a lot of kids and and also he has a, a partner or wife or whatever he's doing plus his career. So, I mean, he's not going to have that much one-on-one with each of the kids. But again, that is, it's already done. I mean, the kids are here, right. so you've got to make the best that you can. So why is Chelsea harping on this? And let's just get past it, move past right. it, whatever it is. I don't know. And the, the whole thing with Brie, too, at the very end, when she comes and asks Jason for more money. That was or more absurd. Percentage. And he's like, no, we don't do that. And she's like, well, then I can get more money. I'm losing out on more money. But somebody pointed out, well, you're not even closing anything. So what does it matter <laughs> how much right. percentage you're getting? I don't know. But I mean, that's up to her. You're either going to leave or you're not going to leave. So is that part of the storyline? Is that part of, we'll see if she comes back. Because if she comes back, to me, then there's other things. Maybe that was just part of the storyline to make it look like, ooh, she right. might be leaving the group. Is she going to come back or is she not? You know? Yeah. I don't Who know. knows? Let's talk about Chriselle. Because she was in a majority of a lot of these conflicts. So (laughs) which one do you want to talk about first? Who do you want to talk about? We we talk about Amanza. We can talk about uh, Mar. Is it, what's her name? Mari Lou? I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Mary Lou. Mary Lou, his uh, girlfriend. And then, uh, oh, and then she was also in that Nicole Emma issue. So I don't, I don't know. Which one would you like to talk about first? Where to go first? I don't even know that it matters. It's like, <laughs> I know it does. I guess. Okay, Chriselle and Mary Lou. I thought when they had that dinner wow. where Mary Lou ends up getting Jason on the phone. Yes. I was like mortified. I couldn't believe I thought Chriselle completely took the higher road there. I until, do. I mean, and I just feel like Mary Lou looked so immature. I agree. I also think that there is a, like a lack of, I I don't want to say communication, but a lack of understanding. I, she twists, I think she twists what Chriselle says into what she thinks because she'll reiterate what you hear coming out of Chriselle's mouth. And then 
she says it differently. She says it differently to Jason. My favorite thing was when Chrishell was like, you know, we have all of this on tape, right? Like, it was amazing. (laughs) Yes, it was perfect. I was so glad she said that. Me too. Because... But I wanted the producers to cut to that video in that moment, like, you know, where the Real Housewives will do that, right? They're going to pause this, cut to that, show us what was said, and then come back to this absurd conversation. Like, yeah. I also appreciated when Jason's on the phone and he's like, do I have to listen to this? Like, can I go? But the other side of that is, I think, who knows who orchestrated that whole conversation? Right. But it was absurd. And I wanted Jason to take care of it with Mary Lou. Like, own your relationship. Own your shit. And she's only, sorry, pardon my French. And she has an issue with Chriselle because you're not making her feel secure in your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, he should have stepped in and said something. You know, but they're, and we're going to get to it in the reunion. Or I don't know if it matters. We can just talk about it. Intermingle it now. But that whole lie detector test oh, that God. he took about, do you still have feelings for Chriselle? And he says, no. And the lie detector says, ooh, ooh, you're lying. <laughs> but I do think their breakup is relatively recent. And I think there's a part of him that's always going to have feelings for her. Yeah, I absolutely Like, agree. I think you can't compare his relationship to Mary and his relationship to Chriselle. Like, his relationship to Mary with Mary was so long ago. Mm-hmm. They have so much more history since then. Yeah. Chriselle and Jason are still building the relationship post-breakup. Like, that friendship and that dynamic. So, like, of course that's what the lie detector said. I don't know. But I'm sure it probably doesn't make Mary Lou. Well, I it wonder doesn't make her. They broke up, but they broke yep. up before the reunion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. <sighs> but she still had. To, and it's funny because she still thinks what she thinks, even after watching the show or if she watched the show. I don't know. Right. You know what was funny was the comedian that was on there and the jokes that she was making. Yes. <laughs> it was hysterical. I was dying. Oh my God. She was she was so great. good. Nikki, you know, she Nikki Glazer. She hosts um She should have hosted the reunion. Uh, well, a hundred and fifty percent she should have hosted the reunion. But she also hosts uh F Boy Island, another dating reality show, which if you have not watched it, watch no. I highly recommend. Okay. We'll get to show recommendations later, I'm sure. But <laughs> F Boy Island, hosted by Nikki Glazer, is excellent. Oh, Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. But yeah, so I I just thought that that was uh, that was pretty good too. Okay, so Chriselle and Mary Lou, they're never gonna see eye to eye. And Mary Lou's no. gonna be gone now, so it, it is whatever it is. Yeah, onward. So Amanda, that's a tough one for me, and I feel bad for them because I I feel like Amanda is a genuine person. She's not looking for drama. I feel like they're mad at Amanda. They, being Emma and Chriselle, are mad at Amanda for not choosing sides. Choosing their side, you mean, in yeah. the whole, uh, when they were yeah. in Cabo and that whole part yeah. of like, it? Like, I think yeah. that Cabo thing got so blown out of proportion. It did. But I also think, like, Emma and Chriselle... Maybe it was producers told them not to tell anyone or whatever, but like, come on. It's, it, it felt like such petty stuff. And then Amanza was drunk and nobody gave her any information. So like once she had the information, like everybody just needs to like be adults at some point. Mm-hmm. 
Like, fine, be mad in the moment, whatever. I'm sorry yeah. I sent that text. Here's what was happening on our end. Right. You know, but again, I feel like there was something that happened between the end of the show filming and the reunion that was worse than whatever that Cabo message was. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of messages between right. them. <laughs> yeah. Being a shitty friend and everything else that they that they said. And you're right. It was probably like you didn't side side with us. You didn't uh, stand up for our friendship or what you, you know, right. what it should be or how a friend should be. But man, that's uh that's a long one. I can see the divide in it. I can see um I don't know. It I mean looks that's so hard. painful to both of it, them. It like does. that was the thing about the reunion situation there was like this has to be about more than the Cabo text because this looks so completely painful on both sides. Yeah, it does. But Amanza, by the way, I really like how every season we learn a little bit more about her. I think she has had an amazing trajectory on this show. And like, I think the more we learn about her, the more I like her. She yeah. grows on me. Uh, yeah, she does grow on me too. Although, mm, uh, I don't know. I just have these mixed feelings about about her too. Oh, man. Okay. And then there was Chriselle with Nicole, which Nicole was a different, completely different person on the reunion than she was during this whole season of the show. It was kind of crazy. And how she was with her husband, I thought, you are nothing. You're portraying your husband nothing like you have been this whole season to these women because the things that you were saying were completely wrong, I thought. I don't mean to say that she has no redeeming qualities, but I don't like her. I don't get why she's even in the dynamic of anything on this show other than to be a foil for Chriselle. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Okay. Do you know what, I, what I'm thinking as, as we're talking about all these women and Chriselle and how Chriselle tends to be- The center uh, of everything? Of uh, center of everything. And I hate this excuse. I really do. And I'm going to say it even though I hate it. I think people are jealous of her. Yeah. And not- they just are. They just are. And it's hard because it's something in, in them that, that, you know, whatever it is that she holds or however she is. And I like her too. That's Me too. The I know. I, I, I'm like, ugh. So I think but with part of why we like her, right? If we go back to, to the beginning of Chriselle on this show. Her breakup, her divorce, yeah. Yep. right? Seeing her and her not hiding how painful this was for her and watching her try to figure out her life as a single person after this divorce that she clearly didn't want. And then yeah. to have this relationship with Jason and then now in her current relationship, like people like Rochelle because they have wrote, ridden that roller coaster with her. Right. They've seen her at all these points. Like people are cheering for her. Yeah. To be happy and successful and all the things. Also, her background previous to that is yeah. it was hard. She yes. had a hard life. She wasn't born rich. She didn't, she didn't live this life. She had to figure out her way. So I think that adds so much more background, so much more relatability to her. And that's why I, I I think anyways, because if she was just some rich person, 
that was living this life, I may not feel the same, but the fact that she's not just adds so much more. Well, and to that point, right? Like we know that background piece on Amanza. We don't know that background on Nicole. Nicole comes comes out kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. As a jerk who is acting like a baby and doesn't accept a genuine apology. Right. And even when Jason then put them on that deal at the same time Uh together, right? I thought Chriselle handled that so well. And Nicole was a baby. Yep. And it's like, I just feel like every chance she had to bring people to her side, she messed it up. Yeah. Even on the reunion, yes. when she had that remark that came to light about what she said about Chriselle and G Flip, G Flip, right? I believe I that's think so, her, yeah. her partner's name. Uh, and it, it's the fact that Jason even had to point out to her why it was wrong. You don't give a positive remark to someone who has just said something so derogatory. Uh, that yeah. she's kind of oblivious in that regard. So yeah. I don't know. So that's not going to help her in her favor at all either. I still love the show. I'm still, I can't wait for next season. And I'm not going to lie. I like the other one too. I have a hard time keeping track of who's who in that cast. You know, the Jason other, and uh, Brad's yeah. other show, like their spinoff. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Let's, let's move into the reunion since we're kind of talking about that part. When they came onto the stage, I noticed that. All of the Selling Sunset cast did not seem thrilled. I I noticed it in their faces. It was almost like, why are you here? This is our reunion. What are you doing here? And they walked on. They did their thing. They had their drama, which I had no idea what their drama was because I don't know what's going on. Then they walked off. And it was like this kind of strange dynamic that was going on. Yeah. It It was was, weird. I don't think it was necessary. Like... If they did that to try to promote the season of that show right. that's about to air, they could have done it in just previews or asked Brett and Jason about it. Yeah, I agree. Instead of bringing them on. Yeah. Because I thought it was totally out of line and unnecessary for that cast to be commenting on anything of that dynamic in the office, you know, that they're not in. Yeah, it was very awkward. And yeah, I agree. It should not have happened, but that is... You know what? We should just be the producers. (laughs) I know, that's for sure. So let's just get to this lie detector test. Was there anything... We already talked about how Jason still has feelings for Chriselle, but was there anything else that popped up that surprised you? No, nothing surprised me. I don't know if there was stuff... I don't know. I thought it was a little like anticlimactic like there was no giant revelation from this lie detector like it felt like a gimmick because they didn't know how to fill the time yeah well i think people latched on to the whole jason and chriselle thing i also think brie talking about michael b jordan was another thing that (laughs) circulating unfortunately i'm like why would she get up and say it even she should have just said, I'm not going to answer it, or I don't know, because uh, she probably doesn't know how these things live. These things have life. Right. right. 
anything that's but it was funny i like i mean i'm not mad at her for it but i know i know but i yes that's information that we have fun listening to but i i think about them the people that are actually having to live it out i'm thinking oh man that's tough and oh why was there something else i was gonna say oh chelsea not doing it I thought, ooh, she's the only one because she has things that she does not want to reveal or be asked about. Uh, Yeah, I thought that that was interesting that she was the only one who did not get up there and do it. I do want to bring in um, Mary and uh, Romaine because Mm. uh, I just felt so bad I thought Romaine looked like such a gem of a human this season. Yeah. I mean, the way he handled the whole thing and the way he commented and whatever, I thought he... He just, I thought he was amazing. He's grown because yes, he's fairly young. And I feel like I have seen him grow in the seasons yes. that he has been in. So, and I this was, was the really... first time I felt like I understood their relationship. Mm-hmm. I never got it before. I was sort of like, whatever. Yeah. It felt like a, yeah, a real relationship trying to get their house together and, her pregnancy and how he feels about her and the love he has for her. It's just, uh, it was, uh, and I've always liked Mary. I I have, I have always liked her. So um, I felt like sometimes she's sort of that balancing person at times. And it was interesting because Amanda was so upset that uh, Mary could make it there and remain, but that Chriselle couldn't make it there and she didn't understand that. But I think what everybody has to realize and with anybody, with them on this show or with anybody in real life, everybody has things that are going on in their life. Totally. And you don't always know it. It's just not evident. And and you just don't (laughs) have a sign that says, I'm having a hard time right now, so I can't make this or do this. So Amanza should have reached out to Chriselle herself and said, hey, you're not here. I really miss you. What's happening? Is, is there a reason why you're not here? Or It's really important that you come. You know, we want to all be together, whatever it is. But yeah, Mary and Romaine, I, I just, uh, I just hope good things for them in the future. Yes. All right. Is there anybody else you want to touch upon? I remember what I was going to say about Jason and what annoyed me. Say it. Okay. So they spent all this money in the office. And then he kept saying to them, now you guys have to sell more because we bought this office. Uh Uh-uh. If you made that choice to spend that money, don't put that on them. You go sell a house where you're not splitting the commission. You go get back to work or don't spend the money. That annoyed me so much. I just can't. I'm so glad you said that. I remember when he said that, I thought the same thing. I thought, okay. And then he kept doing it. I'm like, this is your office. You decided to spend this money. Why do they have to work to support this office? That's your decision. Right. You get what, 40%? Is it 40% of what? Right. Or whatever. It depends, you know, but it's. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing that I did like about things was. I like that they were talking about what was happening with the changing laws and the impact that was having. I was very entertained by sort of the macro level conversations that then translated into real changes in how they work and what they need to do. True. Yeah, because when they were saying that, oh, we have to close this before the 
her- heritage right. or I can't remember what tax was going to. Yeah, it was like the millionaire's tax or whatever. Yes, was going to change. I love that. But I'm excited for the next season. I'm excited that they said that they were already filming and they had, or had already wrapped or whatever it was like the next season. So that that makes me excited. Ready. I like ready. to look forward to it. I'm ready. I'm ready too. Oh my gosh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. All right, let's go into another reality show that is so popular. Oh my gosh, so many people are watching The Golden Bachelor with Gary Turner, the very first bachelor who is in his golden years, which is he's 72. And so I actually was late to this because it's a long story why I was, but I I didn't come in till a few weeks after it it had already started playing. Uh, I think I messaged you and I was like, are you watching? And you were like, oh my God, I didn't know it started. So it's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I, uh, I quickly caught up. And, uh, just the whole premise of this, it's, it was heartbreaking to me originally when I first started watching it because I, I don't know, there's just something about seeing this older generation of people out in the dating world and in this kind of social experiment, I guess. Uh, it, it's hard because you know, their hearts can be really broken. So I don't know. What did you think of it? All, all of it. Yeah. First of all, I thought it resuscitated a dying brand. Yep. It is the oxygen that the Bachelor Nation needed because otherwise it was going downhill fast, you know, and it's been going downhill for a long time. So number one, I think it's exactly what was needed. Number two, I think Gary is one in a bajillion. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know that they could replicate this. Right. His ability to be comfortable in front of the camera, to communicate, to, you know, be so forthcoming. I thought, I don't know. I think it it opens the door to other things, but I don't know that they could do this again and have it hit the same way. Because I think a lot of it was a function of him. Mm-hmm. And he's a unique guy. I thought the women... And we can get into like details of some of them because some of them drove me nutty and some of them are like my favorite people on the planet. But to the piece on Gary, even if they try to do the Golden Bachelorette, I don't think they will find 25 Garys to be the guys for that season. Like, I think it's hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're so right. I hadn't thought about it that way, but. I knew watching this that Gary is not your typical 72-year-old or in his right. 70s or over 65, whatever it might be, because I, I just don't think so. I think Gary is uh, unique, and yeah. sure, there are other men like him, but is that the norm? I don't think so. Right, right. <laughs> I hope, I would hope it would be. But I think feeling... it's a lot easier to find 25, 30 women who yeah. are in their 60s and 70s with that kind of energy and all, you know, and whatever it is. I just, I don't think it's as easy to find that many men. Yeah. It'll be interesting how they go from here with this show and 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 what they, you know, hope to do. But but you're right. I think it rejuvenated the show because I was getting tired and I don't watch all of the seasons. It depends on who the bachelor right. and who the bachelorette are. 
if I want to watch it or not. And sometimes I've just been opting out because I'm like, I am tired of seeing these women. They come on, they're 25 and they're bawling their eyeballs out. And they're like, my whole life I've been waiting for blah, right. blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you're 25. So here's <laughs> the thing. And we could talk about the women. First of all, I have so many thoughts. So I thought the women in the house and their dynamic was absolutely amazing. And mm-hmm. it was so fun to have it not be so catty and dumb yep. every episode. Mm-hmm. But the other thing to that point, like if I were producing this show, I would do, I'd skip a golden bachelorette and I would do a bachelorette who is in her 40s, maybe has kids, maybe never married, you know, maybe doesn't, you know, kids or no kids, maybe divorced, maybe never married and get all of these 40 to 50 year old guys, you know, maybe a couple in their late 30s to give you that range. I think it makes the argument for doing a older millennial slash Gen X season of Bachelor Bachelorette. And I think that could go back and forth over and over because I think, first of all, I'm in that demographic and everything right now seems to be targeted to us. Like every Super Bowl halftime show (laughs) is like targeted (laughs) to like our generation. But I think that's an interesting place where you get, hopefully, more of the maturity of the Golden Bachelor women in the house. You know what I mean? And like they actually have had some life experience to hopefully have some perspective where you actually buy the fact that like either they're devastated or not or going, look, I don't know that I like this guy yet. Like it's been 10 minutes, you know, right? Versus like the 22-year-old who has one conversation and then balls their eyes out. So it's funny because before The Golden Bachelor or I knew about it, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about The Bachelor and I said, I can't, I I have trouble watching this now. It's just not working for me. And I said, I wish they would pick women and men at least in their 30s. Like their 30s should be the minimal minimum age because I, I just think they need it. And so it makes sense if they were to come back with somebody in their 40s or you know, maybe even fifties to yeah to do another show. You're right because you would then you would probably have a lot more cast. But I do want to say what I love about the Golden Bachelor that it has brought to all of us and everybody else is that all these women when on the women tell all they all said Ugh. so many of these women said I felt invisible. Yeah. I felt um, that I I love wasn't for me anymore that. I I was past that age and, you know, I was just going to maybe live out my life without anybody. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so amazing that that yeah. we're hearing this because it is so true. Even me as a podcaster, sometimes I feel like um, because I'm not a younger person that I can't appeal to as many people as to what I'm doing. Well, but, I feel that. Like, I'm not even... Yeah you know, that young either. And a lot of the young people with podcasts in my category use their bodies to sell the podcast. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. So I get it. And I'm not even, you know. Yes, exactly. So yeah, um, I I just love that message of all of that. I love that they were, didn't feel invisible. They, they, they saw that there's hope and gave them inspiration. And I loved their dynamic with each other that even on the reunion, right, that they were 
really just adults about it, <laughs> right? And yeah. like mature and funny and the outtake thing or the the package that they did <laughs> about the gas of whether it was like the meatballs or the guacamole. Oh my god. Oh my god. Hilarious. I love Yes, but I love the fact that that was what they had to use to create a dramatic package at this reunion. Yeah. Right? That like it's was it the meatballs or the guacamole? Like Yes. You know, Guacgate 2023. <laughs> but I love the fact that that's what it was about and not something else like I, it was yeah. such a breath of fresh air it was yeah. light and it was fun and it was entertaining and it was heartwarming and like all the things i thought they nailed it on this season and kudos to jesse palmer i think he is doing an absolutely unbelievable job it gave me chills right now as you said that i thought the same thing when they would get so emotional he was so good he was right there he was caring for them he knew what to say he knew how to handle everything he was so good too i think he's so amazing i love him hosting this i think he's very incredible and um i yeah uh, is there anything any of the women that you uh that you had favorites of? Well, first of all, I'm a big Leslie fan. Sorry, Teresa. I think yeah. you made a mistake. I, I thought Leslie was just a, such a catch. And it annoyed me that Teresa barely let Gary talk in the after the final rose part. She drove me nuts. Kathy is the one that Teresa had beef with. Yes. In that... <laughs> And that after the final rose, I wanted Kathy to be there so bad and just to roll her eyes when Teresa wouldn't stop talking. It's funny because Teresa had, I well, I do know one, one of my friends liked Teresa, but I think a lot of people found Teresa a little bit annoying. I mean, she's a nice person. She just, I always felt she wasn't there. I mean, with Kathy, she apologized to Kathy and then the next breath and she says- And then kept talking. Well, then she says, Gary came to my bedroom and Kathy's like looking at her like, why did you just apologize? And then you're telling me something intimate that I don't want to hear. Just zip it. Just zip it. I'm like, oh, totally. my goodness. These women they I were know. cracking me up. It's like, you're oblivious, Teresa. Are you that oblivious? And then later on, when she told Jerry about what she did for a living and how she did it, I thought, wait a minute, you were acting kind of ditzy with Kathy, are you really ditzy or were you trying to share what what really happened? So right. I don't really know about, about I don't know. That. And then I don't know if you've seen it, but there was this article that came out about Gary and his um past. Like yeah. I like did. with his career and this ex and all these yes. things. And I'm sort of like, it's not changing my opinion of him. I don't think I don't know what the point of this article was. But it also just shows that, like, somebody is always going to try something in this world. It's so true, 100%. Because uh, what it was, what the point was that Gary came on saying that he he hadn't loved anybody, he hadn't had a relationship, he hadn't kissed somebody in so long. And so they were trying to say this other person did have a relationship with him for a long time. And they felt like, well, why are you saying this? I am that other person that you had a relationship with. But who's to say you don't really know 
Right. So it is whatever it is. So, but back to Gary and Teresa. So, you know, I think he picked her because they had so much in common because she had been married for so long and they both were widowed and they both had been in such long relationships. And I think it just worked for them. Plus, sometimes you just have chemistry that we don't feel. We can only right. see what we, right. you know, hear them in their conversations. Um, I did feel bad for Leslie because of of him letting her down. But I also don't think that Gary was trying to hurt her. I think he was Agreed. living in the moment. And he was saying how he felt. He was trying to uh, be the most honest. And I think... When it came to the hometowns, you know, sometimes things just all of a sudden will click in your brain. That doesn't mean that what you said the night before wasn't true, because I don't think that he lied to Leslie. I think it just Agreed. something clicked in that moment. Agreed. And yet, having said that, I appreciate that he didn't make her, and she said this to him, right? Like, thank you for not making me, like, walk down this whole yeah aisle and stand on this platform and have this whole, like, letdown. Like, I thought it was all handled as well as it could be. Right. I thought she was amazing in the things that she said in that moment. Right? Like, you know, when you play back and you're like, I wish I said, I felt like she said all the things that a person would yeah. wish they said. Yeah. And then even on like after the final rose, when they sat there, I mean, she's talked for a long time. It was kind of a long time. Yeah. But she spoke very well. She and did. I give her a lot of credit. Yeah. And again, I think it's just the difference when you're looking at people who are 22 25, 27 on Bachelor in Paradise or the other Bachelor, Bachelorette seasons compared to adults on The Golden Bachelor. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised that she didn't accept his apology, but that's her right. She doesn't have to. I feel like because she was so, but you know, it's hard because this whole social experiment, this whole bachelor, yep. how they set you up, it's never going to end perfect because people are definitely going to get hurt. There's no nothing that you can do. You have to walk into that situation. And maybe this, going back to the original question of like why maybe I would never do it, is because you have to walk into that situation knowing that you're going to get a hurt. very distinct possibility, like 99% chance. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know. Because he has to, he has to make a decision. Whoever it is, if it's a man or a woman, whoever is the bachelor or bachelorette, they have to make a decision and they've come this far and they care about these people and they have to say it's either you or you and one of them is going to be devastated. It just is. He can't yeah. say I want you both or we're both all going to go get married. No. So somebody's going to get hurt and someone is going to say, but you told me this and that's what I thought. And he's going to, you know, it just is. That's right. just the nature of the, this, how it goes. And it's not, right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be hurt, but it's unfortunate because that is the way it's going to end. And there was something I was going to say about how she, um, Oh, the one part when when he was telling her that um, 
this in the room when they were in the room together and he was telling her how he felt. And he said, no, 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 I don't want you to feel this way. And she's all, you don't have a right to tell me how to feel, which was a hundred percent. But I think what he was trying to say, and I appreciated that he was trying to say was like, just because this was our experience doesn't, I don't want that to shut another relationship down off. I don't want, yeah, yeah, you to go into the next one thinking, oh, this is how it's going to move forward. I think he was trying to give her like, this is between me and you, and it didn't work out because it wasn't really kind of meant to, but uh, your other one might, and don't hold back on that. That's what I feel he was trying to say to her, but she was like, you know what? Just let me feel how I want to feel because this is how I'm feeling, which she has every right to. It's also the moment. Like, I feel like when he was saying that, it wasn't the moment to say that. That's what, right? Because he said that to her at the breakup, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's what he gets to say to her at the after the final rose, not at the breakup. Yeah. But whatever. Um. Wait, one thing I have to say before I forget, of the women, Ellen, the one with the friend. Oh. Who... The friend who had like pushed her to apply but was sick, right? Yes. And then like passed away. Yeah. Talk about validating women at this age. I thought, I have chills as I'm saying this. I thought it was so amazing the way they gave her the floor to have this conversation and to validate the value of female friendships. I, you know, first of all, it was heartbreaking. It was. But I thought, you know, it gives credence to the importance and the value of these friendships that we have in our lives at any age, but, you know, and then especially at that age, like in all the work I do in the wellness space and we talk about longevity, purpose and community are the most overlooked pieces of longevity. And I think that really spoke to it, you know, the importance of those relationships, even if it's not a romantic partner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I know it was so good. This season really brought out so many things to light that were just so important, so valuable, so inspirational, so hopeful. I cried so much in in this last portion of the season, just hearing these women, what they're going through, that when that friendship, that made me cry. When Leslie was crying. I was crying with her when, um, just all of it. When Gary yeah. was crying, I was crying with him too. I know. It was hard. It was so hard. When he said, you know, my wife died and this is a close second when he was talking to yes. um, Jesse, I was like, oh my God, the show is has me in tears. It's right. It's just, uh, it just moves you on, you know, beyond belief. So I thought, it, Again, I think that's about him. I think that's about these stories and who these women were and and Jesse too, right? Um, but the other thing that's occurring to me is I think it was also really successful because it was one hour. So things happened in an episode. It was packed with things rather than sometimes when they do two hours and you're like, why is nothing happening? Yeah. Or not jumping. reiterate. The same right. thing over and over again. And I hate when they do that. Right. Like not jumping to Bachelor in Paradise, but Bachelor in Paradise, they had one episode that the entire episode of two hours was one rose ceremony. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm over it. 
Sorry, yeah. I'm jumping ahead. But <laughs> you know, we're going to get there in just a moment. Uh, but I, I thought I do want to mention that they did mention on after the final rose that they are going to get married in January fourth, I believe. So, yes. and so it was kind of cute because they're they are like, okay, we're not young people anymore. We only have <laughs> you know so much life here, and we just are seizing the moment, and we want to get married, and so that's what we're doing, and we want to live together and be together. So they're getting married, and I guess we'll witness that wedding ceremony. Also, yeah, so. well, going to that article that came out about Gary, which also is making it like, you know, maybe he needs the money. So it's interesting to me that they're doing the wedding with ABC, you know, and on TV and all the things like, it's just interesting. I'm just observing. I'm connecting <laughs> some dots. I don't know that I have an opinion, but I'm observing. Yeah. Well, I guess more will be revealed. You know, they only yeah. show we only show us what they want to show us. So we don't really right. know these people. We only know what they show us. And people have other parts of their lives and everything. But you know, I guess we just take what we see. We take what we see from the families, what people say, but there's so much more. Because we're going to be heading into Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, there's so much more about this. So it, before we transition into Bachelor in Paradise, is there anything else you wanted to say about the Golden Bachelor? I don't think so. But I enjoyed it thoroughly. I loved it. I did too. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be interested to see what they do next, like where it goes from here. I mean, they're having a regular Bachelor. Joey. That Joey. Yeah. Good so it'll be guy. interesting. Well, he had like a major glow up here between when he was one of many and being the bachelor. It'll be interesting to see sort of the dynamic of watching, like going from this season to back to 20 nothings, yeah, you know, or whatever. So we'll see. Unfortunately, I wish that they could have all seen this before they had their episode so that they could have been <laughs> yeah. inspired by what they saw. But unfortunately, it's already filmed. So right. they're already there. So exactly. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know how it's going to end up. But we shall see. So let's talk about Bachelor in Paradise because the finale is going to be next week because we're recording this on a Sunday. It's going to be coming out this week. But this show, man, is a roller coaster of relationships. We just saw last week that Blake, Rachel, and Tyler left yep. Paradise. And so what did you think of the season? What do you think about this overall? Do you have any favorites? What do you have to say about this show? I think I'm over it. <laughs> and I say that knowing full well that I will watch the next season. This needs some life support. And like they tried with like the truth box. Like there were things that I feel like they tried this season that kind of like fell flat. And I don't know. Like I feel bad for Rachel. I feel like, you know, I feel like she is thoroughly like lost in herself. I feel like she needs some therapy and to take some time away from reality TV. I thought some of the people that they brought back and then trying to be like, oh, are they here to join the beach? Are they here to yeah. just create drama? Are they here for it? Like, it was annoying. I will say, I thought it's like the one storyline, like Kat was so annoying in the beginning. And then 
the show makes her look awful. I'm not saying she actually is, but the way this was cut and the conversations that we saw, it makes her look awful. And then when she's with what's his face towards the John end Henry. now, John, John Henry, Henry, thank you. Uh-huh. So did you see in this last episode during the credits, it shows the two of them laying on the bed talking about, they're like laying on a day bed, kind of like making out and talking. And then they're like, okay, we should go to the bathroom. And he's like, I have to go too. And then they have this whole conversation about like how often they need to pee. And then they're like, wait, let's make out a little more before we go pee. It was kind of the funniest part. And I wish the whole season had been stuff like that. It was like, there's gems in there, but I feel like you have to hunt for them. And two hours is just way too long. This should have been an hour. I, yeah, I agree with that too. I, okay, so my feeling on this is you're right. It just keeps going over and over again. You keep seeing the same things with different people. And yeah, the fact that they brought in Charity and then they brought in um, Katie. I hated that, by the way. Uh, and then you weren't sure if they were going to stay or not stay or why they were uh, bringing them in. Okay, so they bring in Charity, looking like she's going to spill something. I know. But she really doesn't. I thought you you played this up to make it look one way, and it didn't pan out that way. You know, I thought that, is it Aaron B? Or no, no, no. Yeah. What was his name? Is it Aaron B? Okay, yeah. You thought Aaron B was going to be this... Something's going to come out about him. Well, and I'm like, how is he sitting there saying she could potentially ruin my entire life? It's like, well, what does she know? And then she comes down to just tell Eliza to go for it. I'm like, this is this was so annoying. Yeah, it was. I would have rather watched them try to figure it out and have the conversation between each other and force Eliza and Aaron B to have a conversation than to have Charity come in this like false hype and then a letdown of what it was. And then also Kat's the one that said something. So why did Kat say that? So what did right. Charity tell Kat? And what did why did Kat mention that to Eliza? Why didn't they talk about that? Like w- right. what was that? Like why didn't why- Charity say to Kat, what are you doing? Like that would have been much more entertaining than Charity coming yeah. down and being like, yeah. no big deal. Go for it. And also with Katie, it made it look like Katie was going to be on the show because here she comes. So Katie is currently on F-Boy Island. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was weird for Katie to all of a sudden be back in like Bachelor World when she's on a different reality dating show. Wow. Okay. I don't know. It just felt, I don't know. Okay. So- the people that I felt bad for was I felt bad for Rachel because yes. I saw Rachel's season when she was on with her and Gabby. Same. And I she was okay. She was all right with me. Now I feel like I don't know, she's matured some and maybe she is a little bit lost, but I don't think so much that she's lost. I just don't think that any of the guys that she needs to be with are on the show. Well, that's what I mean. I feel like she's putting all of this into these guys where it's like, can you just see them for what they are, that they're not right for you versus trying with everyone? Like, I feel like she's not owning herself. 
you know, like in the end when she left, she did, but it was heartbreaking. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Rather than going to Tanner or going to whoever and like giving it a shot or not or saying, here's what I'm looking for. Are you in for that? I don't know. I, I feel like they, they set up so much. And that's what I think I don't like about this show is that they set you up. You think you're on a certain way or relationships going a certain direction. And then all of a sudden it isn't because sometimes when people are on dates, like when Blake was on a date with one of the gals, or I don't know if it was Blake or not, it looked like, wow, he's having this different feeling. Was it Kate? It wasn't Katie. I don't know who he was I don't remember who it was. Anyway, it looked like he was going that direction. Then he comes back and he goes back with who he was with. Yes. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that's not what it looked like over there. I'm so confused. And they've done that with other bachelors and bachelorettes, too. You think they're going on this. And then they'll say, oh, this person makes me feel this way. Uh, And then they go back and they're all like, okay, I'm still the same. So part of it is that. Part of it, I think, is like the editing, right? Where that's how they create the drama and keep us coming back and watching and wanting to see what happens. The part that annoys me is like with Blake and Jess, for example, right? Yes, Blake goes on this other date, comes back and says, Jess, no, it's you. Then in the last episode that we saw, they're both going, yeah, it's kind of never been here between us. And it's like, wait a minute, you have taken, what was this, episode eight or nine? And each episode is two hours. So I have spent somewhere between 16 and 18 (laughs) hours watching them, and I haven't seen a single conversation where either one of them has said it may not be here. Yeah. Like, come on, like, that's, I'm like, but Blake had so much time. Yeah, but Blake did ask Jess. He did mention it to her. He said, you know, is this going somewhere? Am I the person? Because I feel like we're not progressing. And then she, didn't she make out with one of the other guys and then almost looked like she was going to go down that path and then she came back? Yes. I think she was the one who was being kind of wishy-washy. And I think at this point, he's like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. For sure. I'm not. And she didn't deny it. No. In this last conversation. No. I also like that Blake and Tyler were like, if it's not this, peace out. I'm gone. Rather than than Jess staying. And now all these people, like, are they really interested in Jess or do they just want a rose and her rose is up for grabs? Exactly. Well, also, Tyler, though, I guess kind of played Mercedes because that's what she was saying. Because she's like, I thought you were into me, but now you really aren't into me. And here, and then just all the relationships. I felt sorry for the, uh, I can't remember his name. He was one of the guys that initially came in and, and, uh, he was the one that was with Olivia. And then he went with, oh, yeah, went with Mercedes at that time. And yeah, yeah. And then um, he, what was his name? Yeah, everybody he, loved him in the beginning. And then, right. Everybody's like, ooh, this and that. And everybody wanted to be with him. And then he ends up going home. He went, you know, home without anybody. And, but I felt like he was somebody who was there to be in a relationship because some of the guys to me are not. They're just to go on there and date whoever it is. But I felt like he was, uh, yeah, looking for somebody. I'm looking at this cast list to see. Will. Yeah. It was Will. Yeah. That sounds about right. Will. Sorry, I have to go back because now I'm looking at the cast list. Rachel with Jordan, like you nixed him on the first date of your season. And now you're like, this is it. I don't blame him for being like, "Mm, let me explore something else. You know, 
And then, oh my God, how embarrassing when the other kid, somebody said Tanner, and then the other kid stepped forward in the rose ceremony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that is mortifying. I, I felt so bad for him. I did. I did too. Yes. Like how many memes is he going to turn into? Poor guy. I know. I think it started with a T. It might have been another Tyler or something like that. I can't remember his name, but it was a T. Yeah. So, and I do want to say that Kat really bothered me a lot. She went off the deep end, everything that she said, did, uh, the way she, you had mentioned like maybe editing and everything made her look bad. No, she made herself look bad because she was, totally. she was just totally. very unaware and just cared about herself and her feelings and not really anybody else's. And uh, so, yeah, she probably annoyed me out of everybody. So of all the couples, I, I am curious because we do, it does look like someone gets possibly married on the beach, which is shocking to me because I know that they said it at the beginning. And I thought, wait, who do I see that has gone this far? So the couples are- Yeah, but I have to tell you, with the way that this has been going, it really would not surprise me if Charity comes down and gets married. I know, right? And the wedding is somebody who hasn't even been on the beach all summer. That would make total sense. And that would probably make (laughs) me happier because I can't even imagine any of these people. You know what? That is a great Great uh, uh, thought, prediction, whatever, Jen. And I hope that that's the case because the couples are Eliza and Aaron B., Kat and John Henry. So they could get engaged. Eliza and Aaron B. could get engaged. I could see that. Engaged, but that's different than getting married. Yeah. Yeah. Kat yeah. and John Henry, they don't know each other long enough. Kylie. They're going to break up. Yeah. Kylie and Avon. Um, I think... They could get engaged. Kylie is pushing too far for an engagement. Oh, and I Avon's going to go. Yeah. Yo. I think I like, saw I'd be previous. willing to keep this going. But if you think that we're about to get engaged tomorrow, like, I'm not there. Yeah. I think I did see something in the previews about that. So that may not <laughs> yeah. come to Wait, fruition. what did you think of Sam? So Sam is the one who came from... Another country's was a Bachelor Canada yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh huh. What did you think of that? I feel like I don't know enough about them, but to me, they're the couple that seems to be the most normal. realistic. Yes, the most normal. So I know. I'm thinking, wow, they could go far. To me, if I like, let's say it had to be one of these couples, I almost feel like it's them because we don't know any drama concerning them. Right. And we don't. I have mixed feelings about only one cast member from Bachelor Elsewhere. Like, if what they want to do, and maybe this is the direction that Bachelor in Paradise needs to go, is that it becomes a mishmash of people from Bachelor in other countries. Like, remember when they did Bachelor Games? Oh, I I didn't. It was people from all over the world. It was so entertaining. And yeah, we don't necessarily know, but at least that there's one other person from their country or their season or whatever it is that can bring some of that color and conversation, to me, that might be a way to revive Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. Turn it into like this more all-star from all over the world Bachelor situation. Because just one from elsewhere like didn't add anything. Yeah. But you're right, because we don't know anything about her, maybe she is the one who ends up engaged. <laughs> who knows? Could be. They're, okay. <laughs> so know. 
I, you know, my thought is any predictions. And I would say from all of these people, even though I think Eliza and Aaron B seem to be pretty strong and I really think that they will get engaged. I think because I don't know that much about Sam P and Peter that if any of them were to get married, I feel like it could be them, but I, I don't think it's been long enough. And I think your thought on it might be someone outside of the, these people, then, um, you know, I think that that is a good solution and that would make yeah. me happy for these people because I cannot imagine anyone getting married out of any of these people no. that we've seen. No. So my prediction is that the wedding is nobody who is on this season of Bachelor in Paradise as a cast member. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. I think Eliza and Aaron B get engaged. I think Sam and Peter decide to continue dating, but don't get engaged. Yep. Okay. And I think Kylie and Avon have a lot of drama, potentially end up breaking up and then getting back together after the season ends. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. <laughs> Again, I should be a producer for you this show. You should. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And everyone else is too new. Like Olivia and Michael, they get along great. Uh, Jess and Tanner, well, he, she just gave them the rose. So that's just right. starting. Uh, Mercedes and Jordan, I don't know. They didn't seem like a couple that I would have imagined together, but he's I actually think Olivia and Michael will keep dating after this. I think they're actually a really good match, and I'm curious to see what happens. I liked Olivia in this season a lot. I thought she was funny she and fun funny. and like gave some drama, but played the game. And, she did. Like, she was a good I cast. I liked her. She was good yes. cast. She was probably, yeah. she knew what to say about everybody coming onto the beach, how to react to things. You know, uh, she did get a little bit uh, hurt at certain points, which, you know, I don't blame her. It is hard. You're putting your heart on the yeah. line here. But yeah, she she was funny. She had the best comebacks and uh, of what to say. So I thought that yes. was pretty cool. Besides that, I'm really hoping for that Rachel uh, finds somebody and that Blake finds somebody. I'm like, what? Have they tried to be together? I don't know. Maybe they have or haven't. But I really like those people as individuals. So I'm hoping that good stuff comes for for them. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about any of these people before we wrap up? No, but I can't wait. I should have written down all of our our predictions. I can't wait to see what actually happens. Yeah. All right. Well, I will. Maybe we do yeah. like an Instagram live or a Facebook live <laughs> or something to see if we were right once the finale airs. I know. We should. All right. So it'll be fun to find that out. So uh, it'll air this uh, Thursday. So can't wait to see what happens there. All right. So that wraps up our conversation on reality TV shows that we love to binge. Jen, I would love to know if you have any other TV or movie recommendations. Okay. So obviously F-Boy Island, because I've already mentioned it. Um, Not in the reality category, although I just heard this morning that it was not renewed for another season, but Swagger on Apple TV. Oh. If you liked um, All-American, you'll like Swagger. If you haven't watched All-American, watch All-American okay, too. Okay, I have it. Okay. They're great. They're sort of like Friday Night Lights, where it's like the high school football, basketball teams, you know, like the teams, the families, the coach, that it's excellent, all of them. I also watched Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV+. Plus, Love it. Which... 
it started rough. It started really slow. And then it picked up and I loved it. The episode with the dog yeah. as like the narrator. Yes. Oh, my favorite. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. And then movie over Thanksgiving, I was with family and my nephew and we watched Leo, oh. the new movie on, I think it's on Hulu or Netflix or one of those. It's Adam Sandler. Leo is the class pet. It's also a little bit of a musical. I loved it. I thought it was sweet and fun and like such a great story and a great message. Like, I loved it. Ooh, I'm going to have to check that out. I think it might be on Netflix. I'm not sure. But I think I had seen a preview for that. I thought, oh, that's Adam Sandler. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. Great for the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I just want to share a few before uh, we wrap up here. One of them was by chance. I happened to watch Christmas at Graceland. And I watched this because it was after the tree lighting, the Rockefeller Center uh, with Kelly Clarkson. And I saw that it was coming on. So I happened to tune in. Oh, my gosh. I was so really glad that I did. Oh, my gosh. So I guess it's the first time they've opened up Graceland. Uh, Riley Keough, granddaughter of Elvis, is she's not really hosting. She kind of walks opens the door and walks you into the place and says, you know, it's about time we have music back here. Uh, my grandfather really loved music, loved Christmas. Ooh, I chills as you said that. Yeah. And he, and then you hear different artists sing. And I have to tell you, every single artist that sang was moving. It was extraordinary. It was almost like the the feeling, the spirit of being in this place. Oh. Uh, Lana Del Rey saying this haunting rendition. I-, I was like gripped to the TV. I was like, what am I watching? This is magnificent. I've never seen wow. a show where every single person that sang moved me. Uh, Post Malone sang outside. Um, and John Legend sang, uh, Casey Musgrave sang, and it was so good. And they also intertwined Dolly Parton and, uh, Cher talking about their favorite memory of Elvis, which was very cool to, to listen to. And then you get this little piece of Riley Keough in the kitchen with Lana Del Rey talking about just a, a quick memory that each of them have about Christmas. And it was so well done. It was so well done. When it was over, I'm like, no, it's over. <laughs> it can't be over. Aww. It's so All right, good. I'm going to go watch it. It, it. it was on NBC, but it's on Peacock now. So um, I, I just thought it was very, very cool, and I really enjoyed it. I'm also watching Virgin River on Netflix, and they dropped the last two episodes yeah. on uh, November 30th. So, I, I you know, it kind of – it was centered around holidays. So I, I can see why they waited and held those episodes, and now they put them out. Although now I wanted more. I'm like, that's all we're getting. So – Is it ending? No, I think there's, I don't know if there's only one more season or there's more. You mean, did it end? No, not yet, if that's what you mean. Or is there, yes, there's more, I believe. Like, is there going to be another season? For sure. Yes, because they leave you (laughs) wondering what's going to happen next. So, yeah. yeah. I have to say, with the strike, you know, and everything coming back from the strike, it's hard to know when we're actually going to have TV and what shows we're going to have. Exactly. Because it's been rough. It is. It has been rough. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and we have to wait a long time for a lot of things that 
we know have another season and that would normally come out about now. And it's like, no, we got to wait. So, so I did go see Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes in theaters. And I'm hoping to do a podcast episode on this. So all I want to say is um, it is a prequel to The Hunger Games and it's set 64 years before the events of the first novel. And I liked it. I really did like it a lot. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't read the books. And I went in not knowing anything. I just knew that I wanted to watch it. You hadn't read the books, but had you watched the other Hunger Games movies? I did. Okay. But a long time ago. So that's why I felt like I was kind of going in blind because it's been a long time. I watched those movies when they came out. And some of them were... okay you know, a decade ago. So I felt like I didn't know everybody's name. So when I went into this, I kind of was going in a little bit blind. I mean, sure, I knew about the Hunger Games, but I didn't know the names of people. So, um, but I do want to mention that Rachel Zegler, Tom Blythe, Viola Davis, Peter Dinklage, and Hunter Schaefer are all in this. They are so good at their roles. Rachel Zegler, I had uh, seen her in West Side Story, which I really loved. And here she sang beautifully and added so much to this movie. So um, I really enjoyed it. So that's what I have to say about that. I also watched uh, this past weekend, I watched Haunting in Venice. It's been out for a while. This is on Hulu, but I really did enjoy it. It's a sequel to The Death on the Nile. It's the third film by Kenneth Branagh, who reprises his role as Detective, I- I'm going to butcher his name, but Hercole Perot. if I uh, am getting it I don't close. know. I haven't watched them. So should I go back and watch from the first one? Or just watch this one? You could just watch this one. You don't have to know his history. It's just he's the same character. He's the same detective. So, um, but I really enjoyed this. And of course, this was an ensemble cast too. Tina Fey is in it. Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Dornan, uh, Kelly Riley, and more. So, um, yeah, I don't, like, none of the other characters are in the, are in this. Okay. You know, they're only in this movie. Only he is in the other films. And it just kind of gives you a little bit of background. He's playing the same character. And now he's retired, but he has to solve (laughs) another crime. So it was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. All right. Well, that's what I have for you. So friends out there, uh, if you have any recommendations for us, you can reach us on all of our social media. Also, Screens and Focus does have a Google voice number. And if you feel more comfortable calling us, that would be at 669-223-8542. Of course, that number is in the show notes. And also, again, you can reach us through social media, which is also in the show notes and all of it. You can get to our website at screensandfocus.com. I want to thank Jen for joining me today. I'm so glad you joined me, Jen. I love talking TV and reality TV with you. So thank you. Oh, Diana, thank you. I love being here. Oh, I'm so glad. And do you want to remind people where to reach you? And I will have it in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wherever you're listening now, podcast is Salad with a Side of Fries. Wellness, nutrition, weight loss, but for real life, because who wants a life without fries? Uh, And all social media, I am at Jen Trepek, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. Please, please reach out. I love hearing from you. Uh, Jen is so awesome. She is a wealth of information. Please 
check out everything she does. It's just so amazing. So, and please follow her on social media. All right, friends out there, I want to thank you for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something that we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website at screensandfocus.com and tell a friend because we would love more members of our TV club. Again, you can find our website listed in our show notes. I want to remind you to keep watching, keep exploring, and keep those screens in focus. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.